Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Today is Friday, September 24th, 2021. I'm Lou with the American Branch of PNN. Today will be the Arizona Audit episode, and I'll close with Evangelion episode 2. I'll kind of start with my thoughts of the Arizona Audit. I watched it all, and then I'll cut together the audit so you only get the best parts of it without having to sit through all the boring shit. And then, I don't know if I'm going to get it in time, but there's this uh, Arizona presser that's going to go on after the audit. Might not get that in the episode, but I'll try. So that's going to be the show today. Okay, sorry, to the, the Arizona follow-up thing just finished, so I, I'll cut that together at the end of the show. So basically... What did I think of the Arizona audit that went on today from the Cyber Ninjas and everyone else? Uh, I'll start by saying there was... The shilling today was off the fucking charts. First, there was a leak in the very beginning of the day saying Joe Biden won the Arizona audit recount, which is... It's taken out of context and it's kind of... It's misinformation a little bit, and I'll go into that a little bit later. First, just the amount of threats that were being made by this, or made about this, was incredible. How this wasn't funded is beyond me. Because there was, there had to be 20 plus threads about this, man. PTG was being swarmed by shills. It was in fucking sane. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Dude, they actually had a lane poster that was making PTG threads that was talking against the audit <laughs> so i mean it's we got all sorts of crazy shit going on okay all sorts of crazy shit and then she would the lane poster was saying why would i make the post and then talk against something it's like what pretty obvious why you would do that <laughs> but that aside i mean just so many crazy shenanigans going on let's get into the actual audit itself was it what i thought it would be did it give us enough was it what i thought it would be kind of yeah I said, what we need is 300,000 votes with proof that they were wrong. That's kind of what we got, <laughs> okay? We have 250,000 votes with no link to the database that, they, that they're supposed to be linked to. We have tens of thousands of votes of duplicate ballots. I mean, we're, talk we're talking like 40, 30 to 40,000 duplicate ballots. We're taught we have numbers from the Arizona audit that don't match up with the Maricopa audit in terms of duplicated ballots, yet the total amount of ballots kind of matched up fairly closely. And I guess I'll get into that, <laughs> that false report right now. Might as well. The, even though the numbers of the Arizona audit in terms of paper ballots counted matched fairly closely, the Maricopa audit, even though those were close together, that doesn't necessarily mean that the election that there was no fraud. I mean, it doesn't mean there was no fraud because the, what they found was there was all these irregularities around those ballots, those the, all the ballots ballots that were counted. Like we, we have far more abnormalities registered than votes Biden won by. Okay, we I mean we have three hundred thousand votes that we have proof were basically unaccounted for votes. Votes that aren't legitimate. Not, not only that, from what the cybersecurity experts was saying with the computer side of things, the machine shouldn't have even been considered certified when the election took place because the files on the machines had been changed since they had been certified. What does that mean? It means Someone came in and certified the machines, as is. Then files were changed. They would, machines were never recertified, and they have proof that the files were changed. Physical proof on the hard drives. 
They have proof that files were changed, and by changed I mean deleted, a day before they were given to the auditors. And by auditors I mean the cyber ninjas. So day before they were given to them, files were deleted. Not just that, remember everyone was saying the machines cannot be connected to the internet? The day all the logs were deleted was the day the machine connected to the internet. Was a day that the machine connected to the internet. There was many days that it connected to the internet. Which is strange considering the machine was supposedly never able to be connected to the internet. Uh, not only that, the, it was found that the IPv6 port, the IPv4 port are both open, which is not strange in, in and of itself. It's pretty much the default setting for a Windows computer. Okay, there's nothing strange in that. People were saying that in the thread. This is just the normal Windows, how it's always supposed to be, okay? But that's the point. We are paying these people millions of dollars to... to... <laughs> to make these uh, these voting machines and they're not even using their own proprietary software they're using like software on top of windows for some odd reason which just gives more backdoor more opportunity for backdoors and then they're saying it's not able to be connected to the internet yet a day before they give the machine to the auditors it connects to the internet so it's just very odd, very strange, definitely warrants investigation. One of the big smoking guns was the fact uh, the guy said they wouldn't give him the routers or the Splunk logs so they couldn't find out where the machine came from, but through like brute force math and deduction and <laughs> him getting these these special logs deeper in the computer, he was able to kind of uh, corroborate the time frame at which the exact time these were accessed and then they found people that were on the computer matching that time frame at Maricopa County. So they have video or images of the people accessing the computer that supposedly cleared all the admin logs via the script, okay? So via whatever script, you'll see it, I'll cut it together after I talk. What does all this mean, Lou? What does all this mean? What's gonna happen? Is it gonna be decertified? Is Trump gonna be in office tomorrow? What's happening? Okay, if you've been following my show for any amount of time, I never said Trump was gonna be reelected because of the Arizona audit. I never said the Arizona audit was gonna decertify the election. What I said was we needed momentum from the Arizona audit to get <laughs> hope in just some backing from the general public for when Mike Lindell submits his thing to the Supreme Court because I think that's gonna be the bi a big deal. I, that's my happening for the happening charts is when Mike Lindell submits his thing to the Supreme Court. But it's, that's not like our only hope. After watching that Arizona audit after party, it sounds like what they're doing, they're attacking this on multiple fronts. Wendy Rogers came out and showed this 40 state initiative, basically this <laughs> declaration of independence from 40 state legislators asking the public and the Congress or whoever that we need to do forensic audits in every single state and if it comes up that Trump won the election or Biden lost the election by 270 do a vote in Congress to, to re-elect the president you know one vote per state it's a kind of a rare thing that happens I thought the biggest the biggest revelations at the Maricopa audit were Dr. Shiva's presentation showing the duplicate signatures the blank signatures, or the, the squiggles, the squiggles signatures, which is actually kind of a big deal. And he did it through computer algorithms detecting uh, uh, detecting pixel density. What does that mean? It means they just brute, they scanned th hundreds of thousands of ballots at a time into a machine. And then in that box where your signature is supposed to be, they scanned how many pixels were in that box. 
And then all the ones that were like out of a certain threshold, like for like if they scan the box and there was not very many pixels in there, then they would take those ballots out as the junk ballots or the blank ballots that had no signature in it. That's all that, it, that he's talking about. Uh, so that was pretty substantial. I mean, just the duplicate bat, the duplicate slash missing signatures alone are more votes than Biden had. So I'm not saying that every one of those was for Biden because some of them could have been for Trump, but it's odd that all those, that there's that many discrepancies in the, with just the signatures alone. And that's hard proof. So that'd be probably a good route to go through. And it sounds like Dr. Shiva has more things he could even dive deeper into with that, but he needs more funding or whatever. Like, like it always is with super smart people in their time. The computer side of it hundreds of thousands of files i think over a million files were deleted before they were give the, the machines were given to the audit team and they have proof that they connected to the internet i mean it's just straight up proof that they did connect to the internet at many different times period straight up proof that they're delivering to the attorney general the attorney general said he's going to pursue anything he can to make sure everything's right i assume they're going to press charges on those people that fucking did that script on the machines so we just got to see what happens uh, i don't keep saying that but I, I never expected this to be a huge happening i wanted 300,000 votes that were provable and i believe that's what we got even though it wasn't a huge it doesn't seem like a huge happening and it seems like a disappointing a disappointment because the physical ballots kind of matched the physical ballots in maricopa county it's like ugh. We already kind of knew that there were sham ballots. They tru they trucked in hundreds of thousands of ballots, you know? They, I mean, they trucked in ballots. They had like two weeks after the election to f finagle mail-in ballots. I mean, they had many chances to backfill all the cheated votes they got. <laughs> so I don't think this is a nothing burger. I think this is more proof that there was fraud and provable proof. Like, proof with back. It's kind of a lot of stuff we already knew. A lot of the stuff is stuff they said at the first AZ hearing that we had. But it's kind of more... We have more numbers and actual physical evidence backing it. Because a lot of the stuff they said, they actually had stuff that they had backing it. Like, physical documents, but they submitted that to the AZ. They're not going to submit it to us. <laughs> yeah, so in the grand scheme of things, where is this leading? It just sounds like this is the... A first step in the road. We have a Trump rally tomorrow, which is going to be fucking fun. I'll cut that together. I'll condense his speech down because those seem to be very popular. And we need to see what... Tr I think Trump... Trump needs to double the fuck down on election fraud. He has been every speech. The last speech he did, he spent an hour and a half talking about election fraud. With the Arizona audit dropping, I don't see how he doesn't spend another fucking hour, especially since he's in Georgia, talking about nothing but election fraud. He needs to just... Hammer, 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 election fraud, forensic audits. Election fraud, forensic audits. Election fraud, forensic audits. Keep pushing that every state, forensic audits. I saw this thing saying Texas was suing Pennsylvania. Texas is going to sue Pennsylvania. They just did that today. So that just came out. I mean, there's a lot of different things from different angles going on that just popped off today. Okay, that we probably won't see or understand for until we kind of get a couple days down the road. Because there's a lot of moving parts to this, a lot of gears crunching, okay? I mean, Mike Lindell's doing his own thing with the uh, Supreme Court. 
the Arizona people are trying to get that thing together with the forensic audits in every state so they can do it through through Congress. So we got Mike Lindell trying to go through the Supreme Court. We got the Arizona people trying to go through Congress. I mean, there's many, Texas is trying to attack them with law. Okay, so we have like many different angles of attack that people are trying to hit this with at the same time, which is good. And I mean, just by the amount of shilling you guys saw this morning, that should give you an indication of how big a deal this is, even though they're they're trying to spin it that it's not, and they're trying to de-hopify you. <laughs> it was exactly what we wanted. 300,000 votes with proof. And we got even more than that, because we actually have video evidence of people manipulating the fucking machines. And we have proof that they could go online. And we have proof that they went online and deleted files the day before they were given to the Cyber Ninjas team. Okay, that's pretty big. So I think we got what we wanted and more from this. So I don't lose hope. This is good. All of this was good. And it's just, the, it's like they said, it's the first, it's sad, but it's the first stepping stone in many stepping stones down the line. And th this is good momentum. This is a start of momentum. I mean, guys, the Democrats looked for four years for one, one vote, one duplicate ballot. They looked for four years for one duplicate Trump ballot and they couldn't find it. And here we have 30,000 duplicate ballots. We have tens of thousands of vote, voter ballots with no signature at all, if not a scribble, <laughs> okay? They were like, scribble, 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 okay? Yeah, yeah, a scribble. He showed examples of it. It was literally like a pin mark. And that was the signature, like a line. So yes, it's a big deal. That's a big deal. That's a vote that was counted, that had no signature. And it's not just one, it's 10,000 plus with no signature. Kind of a big deal. Okay, we'll get, I'll cut together the Arizona audit thing here. And then after that, we'll do some Evangelion talk. And then I will close with the Arizona audit after party show. So I'll put the Arizona audit here. This has never been about anything other than election integrity, because that's what we do here in the Senate. We make policy, we write laws, and we fix those laws if they're not working. It is the Attorney General's office to enforce those laws. We have a problem here. We have a lot of people that have serious questions about election integrity, not just in Arizona, but in the entire nation. Almost every state was asking these questions. I'm very disappointed to see that Maricopa County refused to cooperate with us. So not only did they not cooperate with us, they even went so far as to sue us to sue the Senate because they said we had no right in auditing. Well, they're wrong. We do have that right. Um, as you know, somebody leaked the, one of the draft reports out over the last 24 or 48 hours. It was a draft report, so I can tell you what was in that is not entirely exactly what's in the final report. But what was also leaked, that was the first thing that was out there that said that oh look, the ballot counts were close to what Maricopa County reported. And that is a true statement. They were close. Now I find it ironic that our Secretary of State and a few others have called this a sham audit, that you can't trust it, you can't believe it. Well, the interesting fact is, is truth is truth, numbers are numbers. And we've said that from day one. What you're gonna see is exactly what it is, the truth. And those numbers were close, within a few hundred. But what you have not seen and not heard yet, which is what you are gonna hear right now, is about the statutes that were broken, how chain of custody was not followed, how we had a number of issues, which is why people question the 
ballots and the elections. So I ask that you please keep an open mind. I please ask that you listen to this because the reality of this is what this is all about is making sure your vote counts. With that, we will start with our first presenter. Our first presenter is joining us via uh, Zoom because he lives on the East Coast. His name is Dr. Shiva. He was the one commissioned by the Senate. Dr. Shiva, welcome to the Arizona Senate. How are you today? Thank you very much for having me, Honorable President Penn. Thank you very much. We live in the age of what we call engineering systems, complex systems. Our election voting systems are also engineering systems. Taken a historic uh, uh, step here to bring the same level of engineering systems capabilities to election voting systems. I'm going to be sharing with you a, a, a particular area that we looked at, which was looking at the election early voting ballot uh, return envelope images. And we're not doing signature detail verification, but we're doing signature presence detection, and we're taking an engineering systems approach. And our audit reveals anomalies, raising questions on the verifiability of the signature verification process. So let's begin. You have a image, you have upper left the name of the voter, and here you have the signature. And we were asked as a part of the scope of this audit not to look anywhere else, but to look in the signature region and to look to see if there was a normal state, a signature there, or the abnormal states, blanks, split into two, and I'll talk about more in detail, a complete blank or likely blank or what we call a scribble. A scribble is something trying to get into the direction of, hey, was this signature even valid, okay? And it's a very, very rudimentary step we took, not full signature verification. We have 1,918,463 total unique EBB return envelopes, of which 1,455 were found to have no signatures. And at the end, there was the, the and an amount of 1,917,008 was ready for signature verification. And as a result of that, 587 were found to have bad signatures. 587, after this verification process where someone looks at the signature and they look at the voter registration signatures and they're, and they're doing typically what's called a 27 point analysis. So 587 were found to have bad signatures. 934 with late returns for a total amount, which matches with what was reported, of 1,915,487, okay? So this is Maricopa's reported results to the public. When early voting ballots, which some people, which is a subset of those are called mail-in ballots, are submitted, those ballots are imaged, which means scanned, converted to digital images. So the EVB return envelopes, we're talking about the outside, the covering, that important covering within which is contained the ballot, is scanned before they're even tabulated. So the EVB return envelopes are opened and scanned, and those create images. In fact, there are six different kinds of EVB return envelope formats. Let me walk you through the counts that we got. We got a, 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 a drive with all of these images on them. The SIFs, which was the first one I show you, showed you, there's 1,919,598, which is about 99.5%. The UIFAs, 8,849.459%. The UIFBs, 277.014%. And we go to the UIFCs, which are the, the affidavits, which the small set, which are 0.001%. And then finally, we have the large formats, which are 475.024%, and the Braille, about 29 of them, 0.02%. And that added up to all of them. 
For the audit, we were uh, provided by the Arizona State Senate 1,929,240. And these were apparently all the EBV return envelopes that Maricopa County got. What we noticed when we looked at this, which was fascinating, our first interesting, I guess it wasn't an anomaly, but something we were a little bit surprised because we thought the duplicates would have been remo removed, but there were duplicates in here. So we had to remove duplicates. So out of those set, there were duplicates. We found about, not about, 16,934 voters who had submitted 16,934 two-copy duplicates, which means each of those voters submitted two ballots. Interesting enough, we also found another 188 voters, unique voters, who had submitted 376 duplicates. And then finally, we found also four individuals who submitted 12 duplicates, total images being 16. So the total duplicates was 34,448 total images, of which 17,322 were, 322 were duplicates from 17,126 voters. This was, by the way, we'll get to it, was not reported in the report. The data that we got, 1,929,240 EBV return envelopes received. We subtract out the duplicates, and then we have 1,911,918,000, okay? If it's 0% non-white pixel density, which means nothing in that area, it's a blank. If it has a little bit, 0% or greater, but no more than 0.1%, like this example here, we put it into a, another category just for early classification purposes. We call it a likely blank. And then if it was greater than 1%, that was denoted uh, you know, a scribble. This should be 0.1% to 1%. Slight mistake here. Then what we did was we did a distribution curve. We looked at all of the ballots and we did a distribution of pixel densities. So if you look at this, it was only this little area here which is between 0.1 to 1%, that's a definite of non-white pixel density, that's a scribble. Everything else, we were quite liberal and accepted those as signatures. So we also use different types of classifiers, which is in pattern recognition lingo, for each one of these different kinds of ballots to ultimately put them into one of these four buckets. These scribbles we found were 0.13%, okay? 2,420. And the blanks fell into two groups, the definitive blanks of 1,771 and the likely blanks of 101. This adds up to 0.1%, okay? Similarly, we now went and looked, this is a little more complicated, at the two copy duplicates, because we had to deal with those. There was a substantial amount, 34,000 of them, 34,000 and more. So let me, just to give you some feeling of what these look like. So here is one from the same person. Again, for the purpose, we're not allowed to share the names of voters, et cetera. But you can see here that here's one, there is a signature here and there's a signature here. Okay, that, um, but they are both the same. So these are both signed. So two ballots, both signed. Another example is one is signed and the other is a blank, a complete blank here. In fact, in the signature region is what we're concerned with. Another is signed and the other one is a likely blank. It's got some stuff here. So ECHOML categorize it as a likely blank. Here's an example where you have a signed one, but you have a scribble over here, okay? And then here we have the, here you have a scribble, but here you have a blank, but it has been verified and approved. And we'll talk about this later, we'll come back to this. Here you have one that's a scribble, a little bit, some stuff here, and a likely blank. And the one with the scribble was approved. 
Here you have two scribbles, and one of them was approved the exact same ones. And here you have one with a blank and a blank, and this blank has been approved. And here we have one which is a blank and a likely blank, and a likely blank with a little dot over here has been approved. And similarly over here, we have a signature and a likely blank, and again, the likely blank is being approved. And here's an example of a three copy one. We have three copy duplicates, all are blank. And here's an example of three copy scribbles. So if you add the non-duplicate blanks, 1,872, two copy duplicate blanks, 45, and then two, three copy duplicate blanks, you get two, so 1,919. Similar if we do the scribbles, 2420 for the non-duplicates, 155 for the two copy, five for the three copy, we get 2,580. So our net results state that we received 1,929,240, the 17,322 were removed to get this many unique return envelopes. And then we subtracted the non-signature and what we call scribbles to come up with a total of 1,907,419. So this is what we would have sent to, in this analysis, it should have gone to signature verification. Now let's do the comparative analysis, which is looking side by side, what EchoMail uh, uncovered from the audit and what Maricopa had. So how many EVB return envelopes were received? Well, in the disk drive that we received, this is a number, but we don't know. In fact, it's not reported in the Maricopa report how many actual return envelopes they received. The duplicates, we have 17,322, which should be subtracted. This is unreported. So when you compare the unique EVB return envelopes, what you find is that Maricopa has 6,545 more than we have in the possession of those image files after you remove duplicates. Now we go to the signature presence detection. We discovered 1919 no signatures. They reported 1455. So in this case, we have 464 more blanks. In the scribbles, they don't have a scribbles category. We'll discuss that. If we start thinking about these scribbles as potential bad signatures, we'll get some insight. But at the end of the day, what went to signature verification at Maricopa was 1,917,008, which is 9,589 more than we would have sent pursuant to this analysis. One of the key findings is it's unknown how many EVB return envelopes were originally received by Maricopa. We had 34,488 duplicates from 17,126 unique voters. Um, it's actually duplicate images. Maricopa reported no duplicates in the Canvas report. We have 464 more no signatures, which means blanks, than, uh, uh, that were identified by us versus Maricopa. Maricopa has 6,545 more uh, unique EVB return envelopes. This is what's interesting. If you consider our scribbles, again, a very, very low tolerance and pattern recognition, having done this for over 40 years, you know, we could have used like 36 features. We used one single feature, pixel density. We would love to use more features, but just using that one feature at a very low threshold, threshold is key here, we've identified 2,580 scribbles, which would have assumed they're all bad signatures. Maricopa identified 0.031%, which is what that 587 represents. This actually represents four times that, we'll come back to that. Finally, Maricopa has 9,589 more net EVB envelopes that was submitted to signature verification versus what we have. And what we're also gonna see shortly is that we're gonna see that we also saw through further analysis a 25% surge of duplicates in the last six days between 
uh, November 4th to the 9th. We also saw some very interesting other anomalies where blanks of duplicates were being stamped, verified, and approved. We also saw stamps of verified and approved in blank signature regions, and I'll share, you those, share with you those. What's more uh, interesting, I would consider it's potentially a, a critical anomaly, is that we saw the verified and approved stamps appearing behind the envelopes. And I'll show you this, it's almost as though it was imaged on there, or I don't want to say, you know, Photoshop, but put on there. But it's, it's quite fascinating. I'm sure there's some explanation for this. And then finally, we have cases where we have two different voter IDs having the same address, same phone, same name, with matching signatures. The third anomaly is we did a randomized analysis of just a supervised review, which is human review, just randomly looking at signatures, their legibility. Again, this is a wonderful analysis that can be done in handwriting four weeks before the election and four days after. We can't share with you this, obviously, but we found out four weeks before, 95% were legible signatures and only 5% were illegible. But four days after, 5% were legible, 95% were illegible. If I were to do a heat map, again, this is a representation, it would look like this, where the red represents illegibility and the green represents legibility. It would look like this if you wanted to visually do this. And if we had more, um, if we were commissioned to do this, we could do this. But you can see a marked difference between legibility. There could again be a explanation for this. Fourth anomaly, as the EVBs, which means the electronic voting ballot, I couldn't put the word envelopes, but I think you get the idea, increased by 53% in the general election from 2016 to 2020 in Maricopa, bad signatures decreased. Let me explain what I mean by that. In 2020, we had nearly 56%, sorry, 52% more return envelopes, but the signature mismatch rate goes down by nearly 56%. So it's gone down by a significant number here, okay, nearly four times. So this went up, the other two came down. A, a very interesting inverse relationship, which would be, again, one of the questions we have for Maricopa officials. Anomaly six is 25% plus or more of the duplicates came in during November 4th to the 9th, essentially on election day and after. Several of these days, there's 96% of the ballots that came in on two of these days are, um, uh, are duplicates. So there was a serious number of duplicates. In fact, the area under this curve is close to 30%, 25-30% of the duplicates came in between uh, November 4th to, to November 9th. And that motivated us to also on the same plot drop the blanks and the scribbles. And you see the same phenomenon there. We also noted that the EV33 system, which is the system that is the one that contains all the early voting uh, ballots, had 932 voters who submitted duplicates versus the 17126 that we identified. But what's fascinating is when we matched those 932 voters against our 17126, only 2,138 voters matched. Let me repeat that again. The EV33, as we understand, we're not experts that this is a system where all the early voting ballots are stored. When that was gone through and found that 9,382 of those were voters who submitted duplicates, clearly this should be a subset of ours because we're supposed to have all the early voting ballots. We found out only 2,113 matched. And let me just walk you through some of these duplicates where the duplicates are stamped and also approved. So you see the duplicate, and here it's being stamped. Nothing on here, it's being approved. Duplicate one, duplicate two, this one is being approved. 
And again, all of these came in after November 4th. Same here, another duplicate being approved and a blank. Here's another one, example three, two duplicates, the blank being approved. Same here, fourth example, and there are many others, but these are pure blanks and they're being approved. In fact, this is a three copy duplicates where two are approved. So one voter sent in three copies and two got approved. Another one is three copy duplicates where one is approved. All right, the next anomaly is verified and approved in the blank signature region. So what do I mean by that? So this is blank, but the verified and approved is appearing right in the blank. And this is process issues, which we'd love to get answers to. So same thing here, same thing here, the verified and approved is right there. And then finally, this is an interesting anomaly where we have two EVBs from or two EVBs where people have the same voter ID, same name, address, and phone number with matching signatures with two different voter IDs. Okay, so it's we were had to redact this, but imagine if you could see this. There's a person's name here, and address, which is the same as the name and address here. Very similar matching signatures, same phone numbers, but they have two different voter IDs. So we repeat again two different voter IDs, same name, matching signatures, as if you, look, if you looked at them visually, same phone numbers. And another example here, actually there's three examples here. Another person here, we call, by the way, this is, there's not a person called John Doe. It's, this is a, um, just to prefer for, to protect the innocent. Um, and this is Jane Doe, again, matching signatures, same address, uh, same phone number, but two different voter IDs. Same here, two different voter IDs, same address, same name. We don't have the phone number here, et cetera. So we have three examples of that. Then finally, the last anomaly I want to show is where we saw something fascinating is where the verified and approved stamp, and you have to look at this carefully, it's occurring behind the envelope triangle. Let me explain. So if you look at this carefully, this is a, an image of an envelope. Here is a triangle, which is pointing people to print here. Now you would think if, if it was stamped, this stamp should be over this image, but it is actually behind the triangle, all right? And you see it here again, close up here. These are all different ballots which were approved post November 4th predominantly, where the image of the verified and approved is behind this. Now maybe this is done for a good reason, maybe it's an imaging technology, but typically you could, you know, if, if you use Photoshop, you'd have layers, but I, I, I don't want to, even accuse that, but I just want to say that it is interesting that the verified and approved is behind the envelope triangle. Uh, we're hopeful to soon with the settlement that the Senate put together to be reviewing the spunt logs and routers um, based on the settlement terms. We're also hoping that the completion of the, the paper analysis that's being done will be, will be done very shortly. We also had a number of uh, serial numbers that were printed like this one that you see on the screen uh, where it's you can't really read it, it's not legible, um, so it theoretically has a serial number on it, but there's no way to match it up because you cannot read what the value is on it. In addition to, to having um, ballots that flat out did not have a serial number anywhere on there whatsoever, so there was no way to match them up with the originals. And this is probably one of the more interesting parts is that we had more duplicates than original ballots. Um, so according you know, to our counts from our audit, um, we had 26,965 original ballots and then we had 29,557 um, that were, were duplicate ballots, and those numbers should be the same. 
based on the numbers received from Maricopa County, we should have had 27,869 um, of both originals and duplicates, and it, they should have matched up perfectly. Now, these extra duplicates did appear to, to favor Trump and Jorgensen. We also have what's called here in Maricopa County, they call the VM55 file or the final voted file. It is a list of every single person that showed up to vote. Um, and that's counted both for, you know, for in-person, whether it's early voting in person or whether it's mail-in, and all of those are kept track of separately. So we have a number of all those different categories of who showed up to vote on any given day. We then have the VM34 vo full voter file. Um, this is also referred to as, as say, your voter rolls. Um, this is a list of everybody who should be eligible to vote. Um, and the county in Maricopa seems to, to make these available roughly on a monthly basis. Um, so that is your theoretical full list of everyone that may be able to, sh you know, may show up to vote on a, at a given election. So our official canvas has 3,432 more ballots cast than the list of people who show as having cast a vote in the VM55 file. Now, I do want to specifically interject in here that we, we finally heard back from Maricopa County because we asked them about this discrepancy. I think it was at least a week ago, but it was a couple weeks ago. So the day before we were presented our results, they decided to tell us um, that those were actually for, um, for the protected voters who don't actually, you know, who either judges or um, battered women or other individuals who are concerned about publishing their addresses, um, that that is the reason why that discrepancy is in there. Um, I can't validate whether that's, that's accurate or not accurate. Um, this is information um, that we just, just received. Now we do have 9,041 mail-in voters showing return ballots, more return ballots in EV33 than they were sent in EV32. Um, sounds like Dr. Shiva found something very similar to this as well. Um, so specifically we found they were mailed one ballot, but somehow um, two ballots were received, um, which I do not know how you would have one ballot sent and two received. The assumption would have to be that it's a clerical error or there's something else going on. It, it's not clear how you can have that happen. 277 printings show in the official canvas as having more ballots cast than people showed up to vote um, for a total of 1,551 excess votes. Uh, again, the county has explained to us that the same reason for the VM55 difference they're saying is the reason there. We have not had a chance to validate that. We also have 397 mail-in ballots show as received that were never shown as sent. So they were, we know that they are in the VM55, they're mail-in ballots, and they were received without somehow ever being sent a ballot. Now we also have 255,326 early votes shown in the VM55 that do not have a corresponding entry in the EV33. Um, and just to be clear, um, this is not, you know, when you were looking at EV33 entries, um, EV33 entries um, are supposed to happen when a ballot is received but it's not, you know, the actual tracking of the ballots are under, under you know, the, the actual official canvas of the VM55. Um, so we had, um, in the VM55, individuals who voted, we had entries for early voting that were in there, where in 255,000 cases of those, um, they were not actually included in the EV33 file. Um, in reality, all of these, you know, all these systems to be audible and to be verifiable, um, all these systems should be able to be in agreement with each other. Um, and even if we have protected voters, um, there be, should be some way to know the number of protected voters who voted um, in order to match it all up so that you have a system that balances. So the first thing we found is that 23,344 voters who voted via mail-in ballots, even though they showed in Melissa as having moved from that address. And we, uh, we wanted to make sure we accounted for the circumstances where a college student might have moved away from home 
or a family member might have moved somewhere else. So we actually eliminated all the chances, all the cases where someone was still at that residence that had the same last name. Um, that's how we came up with 23,344. We had 2,382 voters who voted in person, even they showed to Melissa as having moved out of Maricopa County um, prior to that date. We have 2,081 voters who moved out of state uh, in the 29 days before the election um, and appeared to be given a full ballot, um, which should have been, you know, if anything, if they voted at all, it should have been a president-only ballot, um, where literally the only option on the ballot would have been president. Um, that is something that is, is by Arizona statute. Um, so we had as many as, as 5,047 individuals who voted in more than one county um, for up to 5,295 additional votes um, if these are duplicates. Now I will tell you that there's, these individuals had the same name, first, middle, and last name, and the same exact birth year because that's what's in the voter rolls. Um, but if you have an extremely common last name, which can happen, um, there's some of these may in fact um, just be individuals with the same exact name and the same exact birth year. We have no way to validate that 100%. And we had 2,861 voters um, who have shared an AFSEQ number with another voter at some point in time. Well, we don't know exactly what that means, um, but based on the descriptions of everything that's happened in the system, um, it suggests there may be some integrity issues with the data. Um, when an impossible situation is happening in a system, and if you've got integrity systems in, in something as important as the voter rolls, um, there would be a concern. We have 282 potentially deceased voters um, in this election. Um, I know that there's been some much wider numbers that have been circulated on the internet. Um, we tried to validate this stuff very, very precisely. Um, it can be a difficult thing to match up voter rolls to individuals. Um, from our testing, um, we believe that all the ones we have in, in here are accurate, but there are potentially additional ones as well. We have 186 people who potentially have duplicate voter IDs um, that both voted. Um, I think that Dr. Shiva was mentioning that we haven't had individuals with the same first name, last name, and the same address and seem to have the same signature. Um, that is something that we have also seen in the voter rolls with people who seem to have literally the same exact name. Um, we have 186 people, that's the case, where they actually the first name and last name and the address you know, all match up. I will tell you that in Maricopa County, they failed to perform basic operating system patch management functions. Let's talk a little bit about log management here. So there is a federal statute that requires the preservation of election-related materials for 22 months after the date of the election. Maricopa County failed to preserve the operating system security logs to cover the dates of the election. We also didn't saw and detected that there was a failure in hardware configuration uh, within the voting system. Now what you're seeing right here is the system, the acquisition photos for the system that was identified as the adjudication to workstation. Okay? Now you will see in that picture that there are two hard drives that came out of that system. It's not uncommon to have two hard drives in a system for data storage, et cetera, et cetera. However, both of those hard drives are bootable, okay? So what that means is that you can boot from a hard drive that is not part of the election configuration and have access to the election network, okay? Very important, okay? It's clearly not an approved 
configuration, it was the only system that we found a dual boot uh, situation. Now, to further complicate matters a little bit, and, and I'm not going to make judgment as to the legality of this or whether or not um, this deserves further action, is that on that second bootable hard drive, there appeared to be non-Maricopa County data. So let me, let me define that a little bit. With on that hard drive, there were Dominion databases that appeared to be one demonstration data, but also data that may have originated from Washington State and South Carolina. And I derived that not from an in-depth investigation of the data, that was outside my scope, but from the naming conventions of the databases themselves. One of the challenges that we had um, was, was actually the accountability of deleted items. We'd, we'd talked about deleted items before, but let's be crystal clear about this. From the EMS, which is the election management uh, system server, on the C drive, there were 865 directories and 885,673 election-related files deleted between 1028 and 1105-2020. Now, those files included S-logs, uh, which are the, the logs that are created on the tabulating systems that record the vote. They included scanned images of ballots. You'll actually see a, a ballot there in the lower left. Um, and uh, they also included uh, some log files. What is difficult to determine is that I know they were deleted. What I don't have is any accountability from a um, evidence management perspective, how those deleted files were treated and what happened to them if they were archived or not. One other item there is that uh, there, there are uh, a .dvd file and those are actually the results of the, uh, of the election totals off of each uh, tabulating device. And those were part of the deleted files that were uh, removed from the EMS. So the second uh, logical drive was called the D drive and that contained all of the election database um, both historically and um, should have contained the information for um, this uh, 2020 general election as well. You'll note that there were 9,571 directories and 1,064,746 election-related files deleted between the 1st of November 2020 and the 16th of March uh, 2021. Once again, those same files, the S-logs, the DVDs, the uh, actual scanned ballots. Uh, what you see there is a, a, uh, a ballot that was deleted on the 1st of November uh, that happens to be for one of the presidential candidates. Maricopa County also utilized uh, what are known as high-pro scanners, and these are very high-capacity, very large um, scanners. Uh, we found that there were significant amounts of deleted files on three of those. On the high-pro one, there were 304 directories containing uh, 59,387 files of election data that were deleted from the high-pro scanner one on 3 March 2021. Now, if you look at that last bullet, that first-in, first-out approach all of a sudden becomes readily apparent as to what happened on these distinct dates. So on each of these dates, an individual executed a script, and that script repeatedly 
looked for a blank password for all of the accounts on, on the system. Depending on the system, there were only about 16 accounts uh, that were present on a given system. Okay. So this script was run multiple times. On 2.11, 462 log entries were overwritten by this script. On the 3rd of March, 37,686 log entries were overwritten by this same script. On the 12th, which is the day before we received the system, there were 330 log entries overwritten by that script. Now the challenge here is that I know that this occurred. I know which account did it. It was the EMS admin account. If you reflect back to what I just said about the lack of accountability of assigning that, that username to an individual, it now becomes extremely difficult to prove who did it. Okay? Now, luckily, we happen to have some historical data uh, from the MTech video feeds. And so we leveraged that data to backtrack and align these times, and we, we have captured screenshots of Maricopa County people at the keyboards during those time periods. Okay. Now, we've identified that indivi those individuals, but we will not release their names because we understand what the scrutiny is and what the impacts would be to those individuals. But I just want to tell you that the very point that they did not have an assignment of that username makes this extremely difficult to get to the bottom of things like this. And this is not, unfortunately, an isolated occurrence in the course of this audit. But everything was purged on the, uh, on the uh, 1st of February. That's also right before the two audits commissioned by the county were due to commence. I believe they commenced on the 2nd, Correct. Uh, 2nd of February. Just to clarify, so this is a log file specifically from report, report um, tallying, I'm sorry, results tallying and reporting, which is the Dominion software. Um, that entry says that someone went into the program and clicked on something that said, I want to purge all the results for this election. That goes through and that deletes all of the records within it. And if you actually take a look, you can see the success. It's like the second line up, you know, that it completed successfully. And it literally deletes all of the files on the NAS directory as well, which is where all the results from the election are con contained, where all the images from the election are contained, and all those other details. So some individual went into an application and they chose specifically um, to, to run something that would clear all records in the system that was used to generate the official results the day before an audit started. As part of that memory analysis, we did a complete check of the callouts and the attempts to connect uh, from the EMS out to the internet. Now, once again, the county has uh, repeatedly said that uh, these were isolated systems, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the EMS attempted to connect to those uh, IPs, most of which are, are normal. I would take a, a look at the level three parent, the EdgeCast connections there, and 
I would probably request from the uh, Maricopa County the documentation for those functions that rely on those connections and to determine whether or not those are certified or not. Maricopa County commissioned two independent auditors to come in. Both of those auditors had a finding that there was no internet connection uh, at the time that they conducted the audit. When I initially did the analysis, and I was only searching the, um, what is called the allocated space, so the allocated space is what you as a user see when you open up Internet Explorer or uh, when you uh, open up File Explorer, when you see that directory structure, that's allocated space. When I looked at the internet history of the allocated space, I had the same conclusion as the auditors did. However, I took this one step further. I actually carved the unallocated space in the entire file system for internet artifacts. And when I did that, um, the, the history was significantly different than both the representation by the auditors and um, the representation by Maricopa County that these systems had never connected or were exposed to the internet. And we found internet activity and uh, multiple visits um, on the EMS server, uh, three of the EMS client workstations, one adjudication workstation, and then um, the ReWeb 1610 and the Regis uh, 1202. So from the EMS server, you'll see that there's actually three visits to the same site on the same day. Um, that clearly is not a private URL or a private IP address. And so what I can tell you is that the EMS server, at least on that date, was connected to the internet. Now, I'd also like to uh, point out that relying on the, un on the unallocated space for these artifacts, I don't have a complete history of all the internet connections because things get overwritten, things get changed, uh, things of that nature. But the importance of this is, is that at some point in time, specifically those last visited dates, this device was connected to the internet. Now, if you look at that date, there's also a correlation to the purging of the database. It's the day before the audit, okay? On the same time exactly. Almost the same time exactly. Obviously, this requires an explanation. Here are the, here are the connections. Now, the, uh, the nine connections at the, at the top there, you'll see that uh, as far back as uh, February of 2020, uh, there were uh, four connections made to, the, uh, to that URL, to the Microsoft URL. And then on the 22nd, which coincidentally enough is during the time of the uh, uh, audits, uh, there were five connections to the Microsoft URL. I want to draw your attention to that very last line, the M underscore network underscore wireless LAN .html. That was accessed on the 19th, or uh, excuse me, on the 30th of October, 2000, uh, 2019. Now we have not received any information about any wireless LAN configurations, but yet here you have someone accessing it from the EMS client to, to access what I can only surmise was a wireless LAN configurator on that date. This system clearly was connected to the internet. Now, whether or not that was by design or whether this is one of those isolated and protected systems 
that the county has indicated uh, never touched the internet, I cannot tell you, but I can tell you that it had significant uh, internet access, and this is only a uh, something that would fit on the screen, right? There's literally uh, thousands of, uh, of connections to the internet by this system. Um, based on the naming convention, I would uh, assume that this is uh, some form of web-based server that was used in, in the election um, uh, system because it was produced under the subpoena, which that was one of the requirements for. Okay, that was the Arizona audit. Hope you liked it. Hope it was short. Now we'll talk about Evangelion Episode 2. I was just kidding! Come on! Come on! You guys know I was just kidding, right? <laughs>